this title for eight years. My model of business is the Beatles. You know, they were four very talented guys. Welcome back to the Here, There, and Everywhere podcast. I'm your host, Jack Lawless. Today I'd like to welcome Lauren Gold. Lauren is a professional songwriter, music director, and keyboardist. He's toured with music legends such as Don Felder, Kenny Loggins, Chicago, and The Who, whose drummer happens to be Zach Starkey, the son of Ringo Starr. Lauren decided to pursue music after listening to the Beatles' Rubber Soul, and his life has never been the same since. I'm excited to have him on, so let's get started. Thank you to all who have been tuning in weekly. It's nice to see you back this week. And to all of those newcomers, welcome. This is a podcast where we explore the Beatles' continued influence on today's world and popular culture, decades after their breakup. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm thrilled to have you on, man. (laughs) So let's jump right into it. What was the first time that you ever heard the Beatles music? So I grew up um, in a household that older siblings um, and the Beatle records were, were there. They were sitting around. A lot of classic rock stuff was sitting around, but it was primarily uh, all the albums of the Beatles. Um, so, you know, it just there was a piano. My mom had started me a piano lesson, so I was becoming musical and I saw these Beatle records. There was three specifically that were, that were always there in front of me. At least that I always saw, um, which was Rubber Soul, The White Album, and Abbey Road. And I remember uh, just seeing those albums and listening to them, putting them on myself. No one showed me, and I just was captivated. It was like instant. I was like, what is this? And I was staring. I was staring, it was Rubber Soul primarily, looking at the back of the album like, this is just magic. It was, like, it, was, it was very powerful. It was one of those Beatle moments, those Beatle fans, you know, we can all relate. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was, to answer your question, it was the, it, it was those albums that were sitting around the house and it just, it just took to me. Awesome. And what was it about their music that captivated you? It was the songs and their voices is simple and, and, and the melodies. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I, I initially, I really gravitated towards Paul and, um, songs like Michelle, um, you know, some, some of the ballads written really took to me. I think Michelle was one of my, one of the first ones, um, mm. that I really, I was really drawn to. I, I was just mesmerized by, you know, his bass line, the music, and then it com- combining that with the cool, you know, album cover in the back. It was just, it was, uh, it was like nothing else. So how did the Beatles compare to contemporary music at the time when you first heard them? <laughs> there was no comparison. Yeah. There was, there was nothing else close. Um, <laughs> and it was weird because all my friends were listening to, they weren't listening to the Beatles. Like I, I, I was out on my own. It was, it was the weirdest thing. Mm. Um, I was like, do you guys not understand? How do you not love this as much as I do? Because <laughs> what you're listening to is crap. I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course, but yeah. uh, you know, and 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 they were just like, you know, they just didn't they didn't get it. But I did, and and I told them like someday you will. 
<laughs> and sure, <laughs> sure enough, they have. I remember visiting a friend of mine uh, years later in college, and all his friends had turned him on to the Beatles. And he's he's like, I'm, I'm like, you have a Beatles album here? I'm like, I told you, told you it was going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lauren, how did you first become interested in pursuing music as a profession? You know, it was really ever since I got that bug as a kid, it was all I ever wanted to do. Um, my mom put me in piano lessons when I was really young and we had a piano and then, you know, combining that music of, of those guys, you know, I just, it was, there was such inspiration and it, it's just one of those things, you know, you talk to a lot of musicians that do it now professionally, there, there wasn't anything else I wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I had a band in, in high school and everyone, we all loved music, but I was the only one in my core group that there was nothing else I wanted to do. I didn't, I didn't want an office job. I didn't, I didn't want to do anything else. Mm. Um, so I knew it was going to be a long road to get there. Um, and not the easiest of roads, but oh, that was it. I, I decided pretty early on, there was a brief moment where I thought I was going to be um, an eye doctor and that lasted for about six months <laughs> <laughs> and do you think the Beatles had any direct influence on you deciding to become a musician oh uh, yeah without question that that that, that was it in the beginning it, it, it still came down to those it was such a powerful jolt when I heard rubber soul um, that I that's that was all I wanted to do awesome now can you walk us through your career how does one go from listening to rubber soul to actually touring with bands like Chicago and The Who. Yeah, so, you know, one job leads to another, as like in any profession. Um, and the, the, the gig with The Who started with, I got a call to uh, audition for Roger Daltrey. Roger was doing a solo tour um, when The Who wasn't touring. He was putting a band together. And so I got asked, you know, asked if I was born to audition. Um, long story short, I got, I got the part, I auditioned and he hired me. Um, we went on tour for, that was in 2009. We went on tour for a few years. Um, so I was immersed in the music of the who, which was incredible. Another band I grew up listening to. So after a few years that it was time for the who to go out again. And, um, I was asked to be a part of the band. So it was a, it was a nice transition. It was easy for everyone and everyone knew me except for Pete, but he came to know me <laughs> and uh, here we are 10 years later. Awesome. Th that's the short, short and sweet version. <laughs> <laughs> With regards to Chicago, that came up, that came about last year. Um, you know, still kind of, I want to say we're kind of at the end of COVID and there wasn't, who wasn't touring and uh, everybody was slowly starting to get out of, you know, sitting on their asses, you know, most musicians and people would, when there wasn't any work, um, nobody was going out performing. Um, so I was asked to come in and cover for uh, one of the other guys. And um, there you have it. I'm in Chicago. So, you know, again, I'm condensing these stories, but, you know, it, it's just, you know, being, being around at the right time. And, uh, I just got, I got the call and it was, it was the interesting thing about Chicago is I, I got called in last minute while they're in the middle of the tour. So I was thrown into the mix. Um, I had like 24 hours to learn two hour show. So it was quite, 
quite crazy. Um, and I'm not quite sure how it all happened still <laughs> or, or how I did it. And I don't want to go through that again, <laughs> but, uh, it was great. And, uh, there you are. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I'm blessed to be playing such, such amazing music from both of those bands. So has your career ever led you to an encounter with any Beatles? I have. So as you might know that uh, the Who, our drummer is Zach Starkey. Of course. So his father's in the Beatles. <laughs> so Ringo comes around um, quite a bit. And primarily when we play LA, I think he has a home there. He lives there. But um, so I've met him a few times and, uh, you know, it's, it's surreal. He's a, he's a presence to say the least. So mm. I've, uh, I've met him a few times um you know seen him on the phone and in our car and and uh and i've also we did a a uh concert with the who at madison square garden on 12 12 12 it's a benefit show um I that, yeah yeah so i mean you may you may remember the lineup was mccartney and springsteen and the stones and the who and um oh my god there, there was a Billy Joel, of course. There, there were a lot, lot of artists. Yeah, Dave Grohl, too. Dave's awesome. Love Dave. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so I was, uh, we're just, everybody's out and about, and you, you're standing outside your dressing room, and sure enough, uh, Paul walks right by me. And uh, I was pretty nervous, because, you know, uh, that's that's the one, uh, one guy that, you know, I, I became a musician really because of him. Um, I, I didn't really say anything. And then when, when I walked by him again, I just kind of introduced myself and, and spoke briefly. And that, that was my interaction with Paul. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I've met, I've met Paul and Ringo and it's, it's, it's incredible. It's always amazing mm. to say the, say the least. So I'd love to ask your opinion of this as a professional musician. Which Beatles song is the most musically impressive to you? That's a really good question. Um, you know, some of the, I think there, there's, there's different ways to answer this. I mean, I think some of the stuff that Lennon wrote in the later years was, was really intricate and interesting. Um, I Want You is really cool. To, you know, the, the, uh, the beginning. Um, I think... Um, Oh, what a, what a, what song do I want to say? Um, Happiness is a warm gun, you know, different time signatures. Just, you know, Lennon was, he really created music to fit his lyric, you know, mm -hmm. in my mind, you know, he's just like, he, he always had something, something to say, something magical to say. Um, and then on the flip side, I think what Paul did melodically with like, you know, the, the chord, sequence on like here there and everywhere or michelle i think are just brilliant so I, I can't say there's one song in particular for me and and i'm leaving you know 30 other songs out because <laughs> i don't have the list in front of me you know if i had all 200 plus songs in front of me i could tell you something special about each one <laughs> <laughs> but then we'd be here for a while and we'd lose all the listeners so we don't want that <laughs> Uh, so do you have a favorite memory associated with the Beatles? Favorite memory? Hmm. 
are you thinking in terms of like a listening to a song or anything like that or uh yeah like in your life anything that makes you just really smile when you think about it well i think i i shared i shared the beatles quite a bit with my family in particular my dad um he my dad is not a professional musician but he's he likes to play and he's got an amazing ear and he would always be we'd always just be listening to a beatles song and he'd always point something out about it that i never would have guessed like you know be listening to like, i'm looking through you or something it's like Look how they, he Paul crosses over on the verse. They overlap the melody, and it's just you know, you know they could have done. There's so, so many other things they could have done here. And then George Martin, you know, it's just like my God. Um, so I have just every time I get together with my dad, we sit down. I sit down at the piano, and he plays his harmonica, and we'll do like "I Will," which is one of his favorites and one of my favorites. So you know, the beat, the Beatles just bring back you know, bring me back to being a kid, and and still they give such amazing highlights of my life that'll be memories forever, you know? So their music is, you know, I don't have to tell you. That's <laughs> why you're doing this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they touch you like no one else does. It's such a hard question to answer, especially for like the, yeah. the truest fans out there. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good answer, but uh, it's yeah, something that comes, comes to mind, you know? Yeah. Um, so do you have a favorite Beatle? Yeah, I have to say Paul. And I, and I say that um, I'm not, you know, I'm not leaving anybody out. I just, it, it, it's because it takes me back to childhood and, and first listening to those albums and, and his sense of melody. Mm -hmm. um, but you couldn't have the Beatles without any of them, all four of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, John, John was like nobody else. Yeah, how about a favorite Beatles album? I like you said, like Rubber Soul and the White mm. Album are up there. Yeah, so it's interesting because the albums that we had, as as you would know, were, were the American versions. That's what the, my my brothers had. They, we didn't have the uh, the official UK release. So I grew up on the American version of Rubber Soul. So I don't know if that counts, but that's my favorite album. Totally. That's my favorite Beatles album. That's my favorite album of all time. That's the one that starts with uh, "I've just seen a face" as opposed to "Drive my Drive my car." Um, so that that's the album for me by far, uh, American version of Rubber Soul. Yeah, the U.S. version of Rubber Soul is actually like one of the only U.S. versions of Beatles albums I can actually get behind. It's so much better than the the official release, <laughs> which 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 makes no sense, which is wrong because it's not how they put it out. But you know, and, and I don't, I don't like how we have different versions of albums and what they did and how they did that. But um, I just love that sequence so much. Yeah. You know, I have uh, on, on my, uh, I have created a a playlist with that album, and I and I put them in the order of the American release because I don't think they have that American version anywhere online. So I just made my own version of it. So when I listen to Rubber Soul, I'm listening to my my American, you know, my American sequence. <laughs> they should put those versions on streaming though, for for sure. Yeah, I mean, why not? You know, I would just that would just confuse people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about a favorite Who album? Do you have one of those? Oh boy. Um, I mean, I 
think I'd have to say, I mean, Who's Next is so iconic. Every song's a hit. Um, but Tommy was the first one that I really was um, so engaged with. And, um, you know, I spent so much time learning it. Um, we did a tour with Roger. Um, we did the, the Tommy tour. We did it from start to finish. And I just came to love that album. Um, so I'd, I'd have to say Tommy. Um, mm. And then... And then you know, probably Quadrophenia. It's just a masterpiece. I mean, Pete Townsend is like no one else. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think one of the coolest connections between The Who and The Beatles is uh, the competitive edge when they were trying to write like the world's heaviest song. <laughs> right. And, and The Who, I think we're right, or in the process of recording, I can see for miles. And Paul heard about it in a newspaper and he was like, Oh, I have to write the heaviest and grittiest song now. And that's right. You know, Pelter Skelter. Yeah, that's a famous story. It's a good one. I love yeah. It. Yeah, Paul wasn't, you know, you're not going to pull one off Paul. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, what are, what are you up to now? Have you been involved in any projects recently? I know you just got back from, from tour with uh, Chicago. Yeah, you know, to be perfectly honest, I've been so busy on the road. I've been... I, I did my longest stretch ever. My career I was out for four months. I went from Chicago tour to a Who tour and to a Chicago tour. Um, and I'm, I'm going out again in a couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, I'm just trying to uh, not get sick and get rest and exercise. And I'm enjoying a couple of weeks at home, um, doing nothing and playing a little golf and, and relaxing. Um, but then, you know, this week I'm already kind of have to kind of start, start back up into it again. Um, so I don't really haven't had time to do much else right now. Are you looking forward to any Beatles releases coming out in the future? Um, what I really want to hear, and I, I, I mean, I know they, they remastered, of course, you know, Pepper and the White Album. Um, it was at Abbey Road as well, but. I really want to hear the earlier stuff. I want it. I, I want Rubber Soul. You know, I want outtakes of Rubber Soul, uh, Revolver, and believe it or not, I'm, I'm unlike most fans. I think I, I really like the earlier records. After you know, you asked me what my favorite album was, and that would be Rubber Soul. After that, for me, it's a it's a toss up between A Hard Day's Night and Help. Mm. I just I think those early, um, those those early songs were so brilliant and perfect john and paul were working together they're happy the songs are incredible you know i mean a hard day's night i mean it's just hit after hit after hit packed with so much energy too every so much song. energy i i just i love them I, I i enjoy listening to those more than the than abbey road believe it or not that's a fair point yeah i think i could agree with that actually yeah they're just they, they you know i love you sing you know you drive around your car and you're you're singing those songs. You know, Hard Day's Night is 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 such a great record. I can't I can't go on enough about that one. So where do you see the Beatles' music and influence in the next a uh, hundred years? Well, a hundred years from now, I think they're going to be one of one of a handful of bands that we're still talking about. Um, I don't think their their influence just continues to grow. I mean. You know, each new generations come along and they're still discovering them. They're still influenced by them. It's, that's not going to change. It, it, I, I just I don't see that happening. We'll we'll be talking about the Beatles in a hundred years. I guarantee it. 
it'll continue to grow. They'll become more legendary. It'll be, you know, it's amazing where we've been able to live through it. We're here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, I'm, I think we're lucky, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. To see, you know, Paul still performing, it's, it's magical. You know, you just still see it while you can. All these bands, the Who too, come see us <laughs> while you can. <laughs> when are the Who touring next? October. Well, I look forward to coming to see you guys on the road. I hope you can make it. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. I love it. And I love your, your Twitter site. And uh, it's all good. I'm, I'm always happy to talk about the Beatles. Junctures from Liverpool, England. The Beatles have held this title for eight years. My model of business is the Beatles. You know, they were four very talented guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Here, There, and Everywhere podcast. Thank you, Lauren, for coming on and sharing your stories with us. If you like this episode, subscribe so you can get a notification sent to your phone every week when we release a new episode. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Beatles Earth. I'll see you next week. And thanks for listening to Here, There.